Some things just make you feel comfortable, like shopping at Vons. From the butcher block to the bakery and everywhere in between, Vons is fresher with more organic products, more smiles, and low prices on the brands you trust. For a delicious dinner, shop with your club card and get USDA Choice Beef Tri-Tip Roast Untrimmed Boneless for just $3.99 a pound. And for a crisp, sweet snack, pick up large Envy Apples for only $1.49 a pound with your club card. Vons. Fact is, it's just better. Grab your popcorn and goobers. It's time for Motherhood in Hollywood with your host, Heather Brooker. This is a crude prude's perspective on being a full-time mom in showbiz. She's not a perfect mom, but she can play one on TV. Hold on to your butts. Here's Heather. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 18 of Motherhood in Hollywood. I'm Heather Brooker, and uh, you have tuned in on a really great show once again. Um... I don't know if you know this or not, but I am crushing it, crushing it with the amazing guests that I have on this show. (laughs) Um, Everybody has been so wonderful when I reach out and say, hey, will you please come on my podcast? Um, Because I think they know, they see the magic that is motherhood in Hollywood. Um, Today is no exception. My friend Ginger Chan is a traffic anchor and uh, reporter here in Los Angeles for a television station called KTLA. And I worked with her for many years at KTLA on the morning show. And I used to have to get up at like one in the morning and go into work. And Ginger would come in a short time after that. And man, she just made going into work so much easier and so much more fun. Um, and I think once you guys hear my conversation with her, you'll know why. Ginger's also a mom of, of three kids under five. She's got a, a, some twins and a uh, almost five-year-old. Her son Ryder is almost five. And she has just a really great story to tell about how she ended up being a traffic uh, anchor for uh, one of the uh, most popular morning shows, if not the most popular morning show here in LA. So you guys definitely um, check it out and then share it with a friend if you like it. Also, make sure you find me on uh, Twitter, on all the social media, so you can keep track of all of the things that are happening in the land of motherhood in Hollywood. We have a lot of exciting things coming up. I've got an announcement I'm going to share with you in just a minute. Um, I'm going to... uh, Oh, let's see. Oh, I guess I can talk about that next week. Um, <laughs> okay, what you guys don't know is that I literally just had a five-minute conversation with myself in my head. But I edited it out just for you. <laughs> okay, forgive me. I'm tired. We just got back from a trip to Oklahoma, which was exhausting. I was super nervous to travel with Chan because the last time we flew on an airplane with her or went anywhere, she was uh, just about one and still taking, you know, a few naps a day and a lot easier to get down to go to sleep. But, you know, this time she was wide-eyed, very excited to see everything that was happening and be involved in everything. And, you know, I made a few mistakes in planning this trip, which is unlike me. I'm such a good planner. I'm such a big planner. I enjoy it um, and making lists and, you know, getting organized and all of that. But I made a few missteps if you will, along the way for this particular trip, you can find out, um, more about what those were on my website, motherhoodandhollywood.com under mommy musings. If you're ever wondering too, like if you go check out my website, um, mommy musings is sort of where I've been posting, I don't know, stuff that I'm venting about, whatever I feel like I'm really a terrible blogger. I know that technically, um, having a website like that and the fact that I'm mom kind of puts me in this category called mommy blogger. But really, I don't see myself as a mommy blogger because I talk about all kinds of stuff. I talk about my friends. I talk about my work. I talk about, you know, my frustrations as an actor. Um, I'm really more of like a podcaster who also happens to have a website and occasionally I write things on it. (laughs) So I don't know if it makes me a mommy blogger or not, but either way, whatever. I don't mind. You can call me that if you want. So uh, check out my mommy musing section when you get a chance and you can see all of the um, the lessons that I learned while traveling with my toddler. It's a good time. Um, and what else did I want to tell you guys about? <laughs> oh, what could it be? Ha, I know what it is. So for those of you who have uh, seen my little tease or who saw my tease on Instagram, um, I have a big announcement 
For the past several months, I have been planning a very special event that's coming up on December 7th, Monday night, December 7th, here in Los Angeles. We are going to do the first ever live taping in front of an audience of Motherhood in Hollywood. Yay! Cue the applause. Cue the applause. Um, I'm going to have some very special guests join me for the show that night. Uh, The real reason we're doing all of this, though, I have to say is... It's going to be a fundraiser for an organization called No Kid Hungry. Now, I know you're probably saying, what? What does that have to do with motherhood and podcasting and all of that stuff? Well, just to share a little bit of personal information from me and my husband, Chris, from our perspective, you know, we both didn't grow up um, in a very privileged household. We um, both grew up on the poor side of life, I guess you can call it that, Poe. And uh, many times our families had to take advantage of social um, outlets, social organizations that um, would give us food and give our family food um, to help us survive, to help us survive the week. And No Kid Hungry is part of the Share Our Strength organization. And what they do is they provide meals to children in the United States uh, who are going hungry because uh, right now there is one in five, one in five children in the U.S. are hungry. And when you stop and think about that for a second, it's a startling fact. One in five children in this country, in our very own country, the land of opportunities and you know the land of wealth and opulence, where we supposedly have so much in our country, there are children right now who are going to school hungry, who are going to bed hungry at night. And this is an organization that for as little as a dollar a day can provide 10, or excuse me, for as little as $1 can provide 10 meals to children. And that is a staggering um, thing to think about. And what a great opportunity for us to stop and say, you know what, during the holiday season, we have so much um, to be grateful for. And we have so much um, excess, you know, that it's really nice to take a moment and give back to those who don't have as much or who may be Um, Their children are hungry at night. Um, Kids need food to grow and develop and do well in school. And if they do well in school, that makes them um, more um, apt to want to learn and to be better people and be um, bigger contributors to society. And it all starts with such a basic need as hunger. And that is something that is so easy for us to help with. And I really, really hope you guys will join me. Um, If you're here in the LA area and you would like to come to the live taping of Motherhood in Hollywood, it's at the Acme Comedy Theater. I've got information on my website, motherhoodinhollywood.com slash no kid hungry. You can go there, find out all the details about the live event. And there's also a donation page where if you can't make it, if you're listening, I know we have a lot of fans that are listening in, um, Germany. Hey Germans. Um, Sprechensee Deutsch and, uh, Canada. We've got a, quite a few, uh, people listening from the UK. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you'd like to go and donate to, um, no kid hungry for the motherhood in Hollywood live event. All the proceeds will go to no kid hungry. I'm not making a dime off of this. Please know that. Um, we're also having a silent auction there at the event as well as, um, a special raffle. And you guys definitely want to take, uh, take part in that. So go to motherhoodinhollywood.com slash no kid hungry. I'll have all the information there about how you can give to this event, even if you can't be here in person, but if you are in the LA area and you can come, please come on down to Acme Comedy Theater. It is going to be such a fun show. I'm already picking out my dress because hi, hashtag priorities. Um, so yeah, that's the big announcement, you guys. And for everyone who's messaging me, asking me if I'm pregnant, just quit it. That's not, I would never make an announcement like that and be like, tune in. Or maybe I would, I don't know. <laughs> maybe that will be my next announcement. Apparently it uh, ruffled a few feathers. So no, not pregnant. 
Yes, having a fundraiser December 7th, Monday night at Acme Comedy Theater. Don't miss it. I'll be revealing who the special guests are coming up in the next few weeks of the show. All right, so that's enough for that announcement, you guys. I'm going to stop talking because I have such a great guest on today. I want you to hear from my good friend, Ginger Chan from KTLA right here in Los Angeles. You guys, I don't think you understand that I have hit the mother load <laughs> in terms of guests today. <laughs> this is a really big Woo-hoo! deal. <laughs> Joining me in the Motherhood in Hollywood studio is television's Ginger Chan. Yay. Hi, Ging. Please don't forget the radio month. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Do the traffic. She occasionally does radio. (laughs) Occasionally, she slums it on, what is it, uh, 102.7? Kiss FM, the number one radio station. And you're basically best friends with Ryan Seacrest, right? Actually, yes. And what do you guys do when you hang out, you and Ryan Seacrest? Do each other's nails. Sometimes he cuts my split ends. Oh my god! Once in a while, he might—I might let him pluck a gray, but you know, there's not that many. You have no grays. You die. I use that hair mascara. Yeah, I've ever seen it? Yes. Yeah, oh stuff. my gosh! Yeah. I'm so glad that you're here. I am too. It's way too long. I don't like. See, Ginger and I used to work together at um, KTLA here in Los Angeles. This is the CW. They need to have me on, by the way, to talk about motherhood in Hollywood. I think they should. I should be like the like a mom expert. You think Sam would do that, or think he would be like, no thanks. I think you should just do the part where when he's not there you can just be the entertainment reporter be the fill-in introduce yourself to i would love that i just don't think they would go for it they'd be like um she was our angry news writer she was one of the angry news writers even better it's like the story you know yeah it's evolving Mm. um no i would totally do that Uh, but um you and i used to work together Mm -hmm. now we worked overnights because ginger has a ridiculous schedule like you come in about what three I come in at 3 a.m. Well, actually, I get it at 3 05 because when I, before I first had my first child, I said we need to come in at 3. I was like, no, I got to like pump and stuff. So yeah. that five minutes at 3 o'clock in the morning oh makes a God. huge difference. But really, it's when I go to bed. Yeah. With my first, we were going to bed at 6 p.m. Wow. Now we go to bed at 7 p.m. Because you have um, you have three kids. You have mm-hmm. twins, mm-hmm. and then you have Ryder. Yes. He's almost five, and the mm-hmm. twins are. 17 months? Almost 18 months, actually. Yeah. This is amazing to me. Now, see, and how... Okay, you guys, just to tell you a little bit. Ginger works overnight. She is the traffic reporter um, and anchor. I can say reporter. Traffic anchor. Yeah. That's a more accurate term. For um, KTLA News here in Los Angeles. And she also does traffic for KISS FM in Los Angeles. Uh, which I think is also syndicated, isn't it? Yeah, they syndicate the show, but I think they cut out some of the traffic. They cut out the traffic. Yeah. They, they shouldn't. Out. Oh I think gosh. people in Ohio need to know yeah, about should. the traffic. So they know not to come here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's horrible. Stay home. Um, but also, she gets up like in the middle of the night, like all of the other morning show people do. It's a very grueling schedule. And works until about 10 in the morning. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes you have like promo shoots mm-hmm. or like photo shoots and stuff like that to do so it extends your day even longer. And she's taking care of three children under five. Yes, all that's correct. Two very mean ones. No kidding. (laughs) (laughs) It makes me tired (laughs) just just thinking about that because I wake up at like 7.30 and I'm mad. I'm like, oh my God. And I I did that schedule for years. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, uh, so so you have Channing, you know, the one. Yeah. And when I had Ryder, you know, your first one is always like, oh my gosh, this is like so overwhelming. I would like take off my makeup in the car, wash all the breast pumping bottles, Mm -hmm. and I'd get home and he'd be screaming at me. Yeah. Now, sometimes I'll come home. You mean because he was hungry? Well, just in general, you know, because he's like new and everything's new for you and you don't know how to handle it. So then I come home and we had to hire a Mm live-in, you know, to help with um, all three kids, right? So I'll come home and like sometimes I can hear the twins screaming from the street and I just stand there at the bottom of the stairs and I wait because I'm like this is what I have to go home to and even when you drive around your block just a little bit I just sit in the car and wait it's pretty much the same thing though but like my mom I remember one time when the twins were like maybe I don't know two months old or something Mm -hmm. she picked one up and I was like why are you doing that and she goes because they're crying I go yeah but then you're gonna leave and I'm gonna be alone with these crying babies you know and I've had to shut the windows because I'm afraid that, like, the cops are going to come down the street. Oh, my God. You know? I think about that, too. She Terrible. fights. Chan will fight sometimes bedtime or, you know, just in life. Fight yes. whatever it might be happening. She will fight and scream so much that I'm like, please stop. The neighbors are totally <laughs> going to call the cops because they think we're beating you. But you, you can reason with her, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, <laughs> I guess that's questionable still. <laughs> well, yes. There yes. are times when I'm like, why don't you understand? Like, I'm not going to keep Nemo, you know, or whatever it might be. And she just can't 
handle it. She just can't wrap her head around it and she will lose her shit so hard. And I'm just like, please stop. Yeah. It's kind of like that with the twins, which they don't, but there's no reasoning. And are they, they look at you. how old are they? Tell me their names. Okay. Here. There's, it's Devin and Alyssa. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people like to say, oh, they look different. They're not identical. Let me just tell you. Don't ever tell mother that because <gasps> I suffered a lot with them being identical. They had to come out early. Yeah. Um, I had to go see a specialist every two why weeks. Why is that? Why? What was the? Why did you have to do? Because um, everything's like one. They're in one sack. There's oh. one. You know. Well, there's one that tube. You know what I'm talking about. They, they share a uh, tube. Yeah, yeah. Everything is the same, and so the feeding is the same. So if something happens to one, something ha- will happen to the other one. So one has quite a bit more hair. That's so interesting. It's, I didn't even think about it in that terms because I guess if fraternal twins, they're in two different sets. Right. Right. And so, but the identicals are the same. How exactly. And I think a lot of people who are half fraternal, they kind of know when they're identical. Yeah. Like, and they do, like, so that one has a lot of hair and one doesn't. Um, one is maybe like, a tenth of a pound heavier but in general they do a lot of things the same like they'll turn their bottles the same way um, they want the same things I mean it's yeah. cute in that respect and they'll play and they'll run back and forth in their cribs and they'll hold hands are they doing and... twin talk to each other they... are they making yeah, 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 yeah. and there's a lot of pointing and... oh. no that's their talk oh that's so and cute. one time I said to Devin do you understand what she's saying and then she shook her head like it's very cute but when the doctor says you know are they saying words and I go yeah they say things like yeah and he goes oh that's a word I go no it's not because then you want to pass an SAT you know I can get a higher score with yeah 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 ginger is a tiger bomb I mean it's true my son's first word was helicopter oh of course it was the twins first word one of the first words I should say um their first word I think because oh, we're trying to potty train them right now and so I'm pointing and I'm trying to show them and all wow. of a sudden I hear this little voice pee pee and then the other the twin comes in and she goes pee pee <gasps> and I'm like no <laughs> oh their first word is mommy daddy no it's pee pee it's oh, cute but it's gosh. um yeah it's a world not great they're never gonna get to Harvard now no, I guess failed. not well, well we'll settle for maybe Dartmouth <laughs> but you know but the point is that it's so there are a lot of nuances with them being yeah. identical and we did try you know the whole because they're a year and a half right yeah and people say you say people comment to you like oh they look different I think you know I think I've said that too but only because maybe their hair is different yeah, no, they do look different, but then some yeah. people try to, you know, insinuate that they're, they're not, not identical. Oh, like, well, you're not a doctor. Okay, <laughs> my aunt kind of said the same thing and wanted to stab her, there. but oh yeah, God. it's just a lot. It's just a lot of suffering and that kind of thing that happens. I think with moms though, um, and uh, and women in particular, people feel like they can just comment on your kids, your body, how you look. You know, people tell me make comments all the time about how I still look pregnant. Like, oh, when's your baby due? And I'm like, oh, go fuck yourself. So they um, still to this day say to that? this day, yeah, because like, I still have this pooch. Um, I have this pooch. Yeah, I yes. mean, we, every mom, you know, except for Heidi Klum, uh, <laughs> all has like a little bit of a pooch. It's yeah. sort of your battle scars. And uh, yeah, no, people say regularly like oh what your baby do i i remember when i was pregnant um oh my god i was so glad that i had you because i was really sick for a, the first few months of my pregnancy mm-hmm. and you had already been through it because i think Ryder was maybe two at the time mm-hmm, or maybe mm-hmm. two and a half and um you came in and you brought me like ginger snap cookies. I remember, that. I remember you where me, like, you were sitting. And lovely like care package. And I was, cause I was like, Ugh. and I was still getting up in the middle of the night trying to go yeah. in and do that overnight schedule. And that was so hard being early pregnant, being newly pregnant. Um, so I was so glad that you had sort of gone before me and, <laughs> and could tell me what to expect. Um, because you were one of my only friends at the time that had a kid. So I was like, yeah. gingy. Yeah. And that schedule was really hard, I think, for mm-hmm. you. So I knew that some of these like treats and things to help yeah. you, um, get through it was, was something I had to do. I wanted to do, obviously, yeah. but yeah, yeah, I had to do. No, I need it. And there was something in the water at KTLA at the time where like everybody Everything's was pregnant, getting pregnant right. and having a baby. But you know, it's true what you're saying too, because when I had the twins, people, they don't, they don't know you're having twins. Right. And so I remember. Do they comment? Oh. Actually, my, my pediatrician said it in a joking way. And I said, I am. And he said, what? And I think he felt kind of bad, but then at the same time he was so stunned. And then I went to this what gas you, station. Why were they stunned? Because they weren't expecting. I guess they don't think about people having yeah, twins. Because yeah, yeah. I mean, even though it is more common because people have like they take mm-hmm. you know all the different kinds of um, medical right fertility drugs, fertility and stuff drugs. Like that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. And one time I went to the gas station, and then um, these girls they gave mm-hmm. me the up down, and they said you're really big. <gasps> 
you know, and I just knew if I threw in the line after that I was having twins. Oh, they totally changed directions. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I was much bigger than you at, you know, eight months. And then I went back there and I was like, somebody say that to you. Why would a complete stranger think it's okay to say that? Like you said, people are just so random. And I think, you know, with the up down look, I think they wanted to be kind of nasty. And that's when I knew. And then they totally backed down and stuff. But you know me. I'm out. I I know people think I'm like a nice person, but I'm not. (laughs) But she's not. No, I mean, you know, you don't, you don't say that. That that's somebody. why I love you is because people too think I can be a nice person but I'm not we're just real people we're that's just what it real. is no people totally feel like they can make comments or on touch your body. you or touch or, you or you know yeah. any kind of approach but when I went back I was like remember me like that's the kind of person I am I will, I will yeah. go back you know people still ask you too because having twins like you're saying fertility drugs in LA mm-hmm. people ask you that which I find to be slightly personal yeah super. I mean I, I don't really mind because but then when I tell them no we didn't take you know, fertility drugs. And then they go, oh, so you have family history. And I say, no, then they don't believe you. Then they don't and then when they're yeah. basically calling you a liar, yeah. it's like, I don't need to prove it to you. No. I mean, but I've never had to do any of those things. It just happened. And right. honestly, it's old eggs, but it's hard for me to admit that. <laughs> but you know, you're going to accept fertility. You're only 29. Or, I don't know what you're talking about. I know. About. That's the lie that I, I was 26 for a long time. But right. anyway, you know, <laughs> So people, people feel like they can like just come at you and ask you those types of yeah. questions. And what difference does it make anyway? And then when they don't believe you. It's none of their business. It, yeah. It's like, okay, then you, I, I can see the look on their faces and I go, and I, I have had to say to people, you don't have to believe me. I don't care. Yeah. No, good for you. You totally should. You know. Um, that's so, it is so typical, I think, of LA. I don't know that people mm. in like the Midwest necessarily do that, but out here, because so many people do wait till they're older to have kids the question comes up a lot of if you had assistance or whatever Mm -hmm. and um people just feel very comfortable asking you about it or making their comments from their experiences and you know i I mean i don't mind in that you know it was my own experience that i know what Mm -hmm. the truth quote unquote is and stuff like that but i don't want people to think that I'm lying. And even then I don't care that much, but I don't want you to walk away thinking that way. So I actually did my own research. Like, okay, what? Well, is it harder for you though, because you're on air? Do you think that there's another perception, like another level? I didn't think about that. Maybe though, because yeah, they probably think, oh, well you are in that area, that Mm -hmm. line of work that it makes more sense for people to, Mm -hmm. you know, but I mean, I would have been fine. And you know this, that like if it was just, you know, Ryder, my one son, then we just go on. But you know, we figured, well, we'll try, see what happens and it works and it works and it doesn't, then this is our life and we're happy with it either way. But when I did the research, because people were like, oh, it's uncommon with Asians. Oh, it was all these things. Small, small frame people, not common. Yeah. It was old eggs. And then my doctor, she told me that too. Did she say it was old eggs and they split apart? She says they get excited to kind of like um, basically reproduce, kind of like their last shot yeah. at it. And so they kind of... Um, Send out it, two? It's like they go crazy. Uh-huh. And so when they do that, they have a better chance of, so you know, catching sperm and then, you know, splitting yeah. and stuff. So that's why. And I was like, oh, yeah, it makes sense. I'm not sure if I'm like old, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I wondered how much you felt like um, you were in the spotlight because here in L.A., Ginger's a huge star, you guys. I don't think you know huge. this. Well, I, we went to breakfast one time <laughs> and one of my friends was um, walking by and he saw me sitting out and having lunch with you. And he like stopped and did a double take. And then um, texted me like five seconds later after he left and was like, was that KTLA's ginger? <laughs> and I was like, yes, it is. You should I'm have said no, tail. all Asians look alike, but <laughs> I'll tell her. <laughs> I did say that. Um, no, but I just wonder if you feel like as a mom, any level, extra level of pressure when you're out dealing with Ryder or the twins and they're acting up or they're, Because people are looking and yeah, they see Yeah, because people are looking stuff. and yeah. they know who you are. Do yeah. you feel like another level of pressure? I think at first, like, you don't think that people know, you know, you just think you're doing it. But then when we are all together, you know, because, so you know, my husband, Mark, flies our helicopter, so right. he's with me. And then a lot of people do know Ryder, but then they see the twins and they see us in this huge stroller walking down the street. So I think sometimes, like, the pressure to, oh, did I put my makeup on? Or some people, mm-hmm. will, people will be like, I want to come and take a picture. And I feel awkward, like, oh, I'm not wearing, you know. And I used to just think people would never recognize me without my makeup. So I would walk around freely. But then... Now that I have them, they, they do, you know, they, they put everything together and it's like, oh boy. Or they'll say from the radio, I recognize your voice. Yeah. So yeah, you have a great voice too. You know, um, if you could host the rest of my podcast, that would be great. But you do have, (laughs) you do have a great voice too. And I love when I turn on to Kiss FM and I'm like, it's Ginger. It's a good time. Um, because you are all over traffic and I mean like. In L.A., to be able to know um, 
all of the ins and outs of different routes and shortcuts and how to tell people to avoid the 405, which is always a nightmare, yeah. is a gift, thank my friend. Well, thank you. Thank you. Do yes. people yeah. ever give you a hard time about being a traffic reporter and the fact that you're Asian? Oh, because we can't drive. Yeah. <laughs> Do people ever outright say that or are they, when, or is it just me? <laughs> no, when, when I first started, they used to make fun of me of like where the, the guys who would produce and I didn't understand at first and they finally told me and I was like, oh, ha ha, funny, funny, you know. And I think I tried to. What park. do you mean they made fun of you? Like they were, they were like you're you're an Asian traffic reporter. It's an anomaly <laughs> or something. And then like I tried to park one time. It was in front of some of our producers, and oh, they were no. like, "Oh my gosh, what is she doing? Who is that anyway?" And then they found out it was me. They're like, "Our traffic reporter can't park. It was this really narrow like space. <laughs> I didn't want to hit my car, and I didn't, you know. And I'm one of those typical drivers. I don't care about you. You're gonna have to wait until right, I finish right. parking my car safely. And oh stuff. my god. You know, but I you get teased a little bit about it. Oh but, my you know, god. I mean, I grew up from, in Southern California. Yeah. I couldn't stand getting stuck in traffic. So I would take like bad routes. Mm -hmm. You know, I would cut people off if I had to. Yeah, you know, yeah, this yeah. is back in the day, not so much anymore. I mean, I do whatever so she I wouldn't does get stuck people in traffic, look you know. For ginger on the road. Just because like I, I I couldn't do it. It's one of those things like mm -hmm. everybody has something that makes them cringe. Like my husband, he if he goes to the Glendale Galleria when it's Christmas time, Don't he hyperventilates. Don't do it. Because parking for him is no. like he and I'll basically we have left I'll be like, let's leave because I know you're hyperventilating. I mean, literally, he will. <gasps> For me, it's traffic. It's the, it's so bad. If you go, the little tips and tricks that I learned is if you go yeah, like early, early, early around uh, nine in yeah. the morning. Because when Chan was first born, yeah. the Galleria was like my saving grace. It was always right. I right. would get there. Um, Target opens at nine. I would get there a little bit after nine. I would go right to the Target Starbucks, get a coffee, yeah. walk around Target for a little bit till the rest of the mall opened, and then boom, you're already there. You've got a great spot before everyone else. No, but the parking on that side is so narrow. The spots are small it's so bad. Right? Why, what kind of car do you drive it doesn't matter. It's are so you small. in the chopper what's going no, on no and then you know what I, what I do, what I would do is park across the street where the fire station is oh that's what yeah. I you mean doing. like in the um, neighborhood oh, kind of oh. only if I can or get a spot close yeah no not the, close by but um, yeah that's that's my thing I couldn't I can't stand it and that's why I started learning about traffic so I was gonna say though because that's not what you started off and you started off did you start off in um radio I started off in radio I worked um, at kiss when I was an intern when but I was were you doing traffic then no or? no 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 I was an intern you know mm -hmm. I, I made coffee mm -hmm. I answered the request all the grunt work. I did all the grunt work that mm -hmm. everyone does I paid my way through college doing that when I was at SC and then a guy heard my tape and I was like just really random I just said to him hey you know um you're gonna be this music director or whatever at the station in Bakersfield. Will you will you hear my tape? And he was like, sure. And it was no big deal. And he actually liked it. He and this other guy. So I would drive to Bakersfield every weekend Whoa. and worked as a jock there. And that was tough. Why were you drawn to radio? Because it seems like so many people nowadays want to be on TV. Everybody wants to be a, a TV anchor. What was it about radio though that you were drawn to? But don't you notice a lot of TV people want to go to radio too? I mean, it's like that flip flop. Actors sure. want to direct and that sure. kind of thing. Singers want to act. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I I don't want to say it was my first love. Obviously, I always wanted to be like a TV news reporter. You know, kind of like you. But mm -hmm. then, um, working there and interning there, I just fell in love with it. You know, yeah. it was just a fun environment. I was really there at a really good time, and we all stayed friends mm -hmm. we're still friends to this day and that was like in 94 95 oh, nice. everybody's gone off to different places but we've been to people's weddings and reunions and stuff i think part of it is like there's a freedom with radio kind of like you know with what yeah. you're doing here there's a freedom so you can have fun you can relax and it was in a time when like it was the heyday of radio when like you know people would do the clubs and we'd go to the clubs and do the, lots of events yeah and lots of events and mm -hmm. just the, the street team you know out in the vans we'd go to all kinds of crazy oh, places teams. it was it was a lot of fun but it you was know, a different time chris did that too chris was in radio for many years oh. he worked for um in stillwater oklahoma a small college station called kspi okay that's where he got his start in radio yeah. he was i think maybe just started college or mm -hmm. um and um fell in love with radio as well he never had a desire to do tv he always mm -hmm. wanted to do radio he wanted to be a music director and i think he was music director at his station by the time he graduated college and he wanted to be a program director oh my gosh yeah okay. so he had like big aspirations yeah. um to do that and he actually got really frustrated because it seemed like radio was so um uh, Bastard stepchild constricted <laughs> yeah because like when yeah when the big conglomerates like cumulus and yeah. um clear channel came in and were buying up all of the smaller radio stations they were coming in and going these are the songs you have to play this yeah. is the formula that works don't deviate from it yeah you know and the djs were losing their freedom yeah. a little and they bit. were just jockliners that's right why. they weren't able to talk about things yep but that's mm -hmm. the freedom that that was there mm -hmm. that hasn't really come back i don't think entirely right. right but you're talking about i think that time was when it was changing so yeah. if you got into it when 
everything was tanking and then there were, people were just um, tracking shows and stuff as opposed to actually mm-hmm. being live there. I think that would have changed it did you people. do Did you do music when you first started? I did radio? music when I first started, yeah. yeah. And I would play like the wrong songs and it was, I mean, I auditioned at Coast and their, their like line was something like a less what was it less, less talk more. more music oh. and i would say less music more talk <laughs> like all kinds of stuff i would mess up Oops. on and stuff but you know it was a it was a different time so i think if you got into it when he did probably mm-hmm. that was when it was changing and people were starting to fall out of love with it you know so yeah. i could see that pick them pull the mic up towards you just a little tilt up it sort of like slipped down there you go um there you go um yeah i think that he fell in love with it then but then he after many years of doing it fell out of love with it for that very reason yeah Yeah, i think he was just frustrated because he couldn't play the music he wanted to play and i was like hey buddy this isn't wkrp in cincinnati (laughs) like you don't get to be that jock that just throws on the record anymore so he um that's when he got out of radio but how did you transition then from radio to television uh, that's a that's not an easy transition I think because a lot of people try yeah. to when I got um, a job in San Diego eventually that's it was a CBS affiliate and it was a TV and a radio station and I was hoping you know maybe I would transition of course like San Diego was like the 25th market it was never yeah, gonna happen and eventually I got a job in Huntsville Alabama as a general assignment reporter <gasps> you lived in Alabama I did I was general assignment reporter and I was on the assignment desk for a short period and I remember um there was a fire and nobody like it was a call-in though mm-hmm. and it was like well how come we missed it you know and nobody there was nobody else to send out. I was on the assignment desk, so the news director was like, why don't you just go? I'll go down the street. And we see the competition laughing at us. Because there was nothing going on sometimes. We would just goof around and do that. You know what it's like. Well, it's small market. Yeah. yeah. And then eventually, I came back. Um, I lost my job there. I came back, and I was kind of in that in-between, like, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. And then someone told me about a combined radio-television job in Fresno. And I just wasn't sure, because, you know, you have to come to that point where you stop moving around. You know, you go to San Diego, you go to Fresno, you go to Alabama. Where, where's the next market every two years, you yeah. know? And that's how I was brought up learning about it. It's like every two years you're in a different market trying to come to L.A. or go to New York or some other big market. And I wasn't sure if that's what I wanted as for a female. Yeah. You know, you think about the long term of getting married and having yeah. kids. And so... I think that's why there's a lot of women in news in particular mm-hmm. who are not married and who don't have families because of the demanding schedule... Yeah. And um, in order to find a job, sometimes you have to pick up and move after a year or two. And, you know, a lot of people who are watching at home go, where'd my favorite reporter go? Yeah. Well, they had to go get a better job. It's yeah. not paying them 20000 a year. I mean, I know girls you know? I worked with and now they're PIOs for the Red Cross. You know, I'm yeah. like, oh my gosh, you got to, you just know, get burned out. You get burned out or you do want to settle down. Mm-hmm. You don't want to keep moving around. Or I have friends who are a couple years older than me and they're barely getting married now. I mean, maybe mm-hmm. they won't even be able to have a kid, you know? Yeah. I mean, I didn't really think a lot about that, but I was afraid, like, wow, I'm going to be constantly moving and that stuff. That is a concern, and I don't think a lot of women in journalism, at least starting out, it, it wasn't something I thought about, um, but it is a real yeah. issue when you start to reach, you know, your mid-30s, and mm-hmm. you've been popping around from market to market, and you're striving so much for your career yeah. that before you know it, you're almost 40, and it's like... And you're in this middle market And you're still, in this middle market you know? and it's What's frustrating. Next? And it's, yeah, it's it's definitely a, a side of that career that um, people, I think, the general public doesn't realize exists. And it's so different for females and males, too, mm-hmm. I think, because you're constantly sure. moving around. And then, you know, you meet this guy. He's not going to come with you probably to, you know, some small podunk town, yeah. you know, Midland, Texas. There's also Texas. an expectation on your time, too. Yeah. Like, people ask me all the time, oh, why don't you just do reporting again in L.A.? And I'm like, are you crazy? Like, as if it's like that, right? Well, you first can. of all, yeah, like, I could just walk in and go, hey, Jason Ball, give me a job. Yeah. You would just be like, uh, move along. But also the time commitment, because what happens if you go in and you get stuck on a huge breaking news story yeah. and you're gone for 10, 12 hours a day? The LAX shooting that happened to Or me. the LAX shooting, yeah. yeah. Or, like, you may be gone, like, with um, somewhere overnight, like the Big Bear sh- uh, crazy guy. Who was that guy that was? Dorner. Dorner, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, some of our reporters were stuck up in the Big Bear mm-hmm. area overnight. Mm-hmm. If you've got a kid and you've got families... And that's so hard. really hard to juggle, something like that. So it's not an easy thing to do to just go, well, I'm just going to be a reporter. Right, you right. Know, especially right. in a market like L.A. Yeah, I, I mean, it's 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 so true that people, you don't think about that. Or when you're young, it's easier. Yeah. Or, you know, how do you, like, justify you're making $12,000 a year, then you want to fly back for Christmas. You don't even have money to do that. I mean, right. it's all this stuff. And I remember when I was in Alabama, they had asked me, do you want to be our bureau chief? 
And I was like, how much does it pay? And they're like, it doesn't pay much. I go, I want to make as much as I would if I lived in Beverly Hills. I'm like, why not? I mean, that's what, yeah. you know, because you're going to be constantly moving around. You know, you want to demand as much as you can. Of course, that never happened. But anyway, <laughs> you know, and so eventually I came back and then I applied. I, I actually got the job in Fresno, but I was like, I'm not really sure. And, you know, and if you're dating somebody at the time, mm-hmm. that of course has a factor, you know, in yeah. your commitment. And I think I, I got out of the business and then I started doing some other things. And then I thought maybe I could settle down, work a regular nine to five and just jock, you know, at a radio station on the side. And I did that actually mm-hmm. at this um, station in Redlands. It's called Cole. It's an oldie station. And then someone called me about a traffic position. They said, what do you have to lose? And I was like, okay. And I went and I interviewed and that was radio still, but eventually was it, here in LA? it was, and it eventually led me here to KTLA. How interesting. And you've been at KTLA for quite some time now, Almost right? eight years. Actually, I think it is eight years. Uh, what is this? No, almost November. October it became eight years. Yeah. Did you? Because I think that you, when I first started at KTLA, you were either gone on your honeymoon or had uh, just, were getting ready to leave for your honeymoon or had just gotten married, married or, or something, something yeah. like that. Um, because I started in like late May, early June. Okay. Yeah, that's about right. And, um... Everyone kept saying, you know, oh, wait till Ginger Chan comes back. And then I remember you came in and you were like, oh, a new person. Hi. And I was like, oh, my God, it's three in the morning. Who are you? You're like, you're too friendly. No, I, I don't remember being that way. But you were so <laughs> I'm nice. so mean. You totally, when I said at my baby shower that you made me like come out of my shell and be my friend. And I'm so glad you did. I do remember coming up to you sitting at yeah. some of the cubicles. Yeah. You were so nice because it's hard for news people to... First of all, um, not be weird because the people who have been like lifers in news sometimes lose touch with um, how to have a conversation with, Mm -hmm. you know, like normal people. And um, but also just the fact that I think you picked up right away that we might have the same kind of vibes and personality. Yeah. And I was so grateful for that because I honestly would have sat there for five years and not talked to anybody. But is it because you were shy, you think, or because of the weirdness of the people or all of the above? I'm really judgy and oh. I'm very picky about who I talk to. <laughs> Judgy's okay. I'm a so you wouldn't have picked me is what you're I'm saying. A <laughs> no, because you weren't there when I started and I, cause I went around, I did all the introductions. Yeah. Like that, I so see. I so we just, didn't have the formal. Right. And because I didn't write for you or anything like that, we right. wouldn't have had like a direct interaction ever yeah. since I write for the anchors, by the way, people the anchors do not write their own stuff. If you don't know this, Uh-oh. they have a team of writers. Down the wall. <laughs> <laughs> they have a team of writers uh, that write their, that write their stories. But um, no, I think I would have eventually found my way to you, but it just, we didn't have a direct interaction if you hadn't come up and been like, hi, I'm Ginger. Yeah, I think it's hard for people because I mean, but we've all been in that place where we're the new person, mm-hmm. you know, and like you don't want anybody to feel awkward. I mean, I guess I we I wasn't that much of the old person yeah. to you if you'd only you started only, then. Yeah, you had only And I was there. in the helicopter, so yeah. I wasn't even, you know, in the newsroom for a while. When did, when did they bring you down from the helicopter? When you were pregnant? Or, no, no it was probably about that. a year and a half after I started started wonder why so it was a year and a half after you because they wanted to um, build that traffic center is that where you met mark was up in the helicopter was he your pilot no um did you meet him on tinder no (laughs) (laughs) so long ago it was before tinder how sad it was finder (laughs) it was finder it was early stages of tinder he was my uber driver no um (laughs) i used to do the traffic from um the plane in the helicopter oh from the plane and the helicopter in the afternoons it just varied right Right. and at that time commander chuck street he was gonna move out of like doing his um afternoon stuff and give that up because he was doing a split shift yeah and so basically mark heard me one time on kiss Mm -hmm. when i was doing the traffic and the afternoons Mm -hmm. and he kind of asked around about me which is funny because he doesn't listen to kiss that much and then um and then i think he eventually asked chuck about me so he was stalking you well no it's funny because like there's not a lot of asians in what we do and what he does (laughs) right right and so i think chuck was like oh yeah you know you're both asian why not i mean he didn't say that but it was kind of like an obby and we met at a party at one of his parties no i think he just i think i don't think he googled me because i think he may have heard me on um some of the other radio stations that i was doing traffic for yeah but I i don't i don't i mean he didn't I think he thought that it was more like somebody who, based on the way I get delivered my reports, someone he thought would, would work. Exactly. Yeah, could hang out with. Good. It wasn't like he was looking uh-huh. for somebody. And then what happened when you guys met? Was it like stars? No, stars? it was And he said I look like a very busy person. <laughs> <laughs> I could see that. You were I wasn't always like... like- you have this air Serious? of like, gotta go, gotta go. Yeah. yeah, he said he, he said exactly that yeah. stuff. And then we kind of exchanged texts and whatever. And at that time, you know, I, I was in this free place, like of not dating and, and just, and I wanted to like write some scripts or something or mm-hmm. some screenplays. Oh, and so I, I wanted to um, 
like get like a waitressing job or something where I could meet people and kind of build characters around them. Yeah. And that was my goal. And then um, I think KFI actually offered me like an overnight job. And I was like, I don't want to work mm. an overnight job. Mm-hmm. And when that didn't work out, it kind of freed up my time. And then um, the restaurant that I was looking at the time, it didn't work out. So Mark had asked me out and I was like, yeah, I guess why not? So it kind of happened from that. And then he invited me up for a ride along because he was flying um, the news helicopter, I think, for another station at that time. So he wanted to find out how old I was. So he was like, oh, I need your ID. <laughs> and I think like I scratched it. I did something, but I think I was more worried about the weight. I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, oh, yeah. you can see my weight. Oh no. I know. That's why I was like, I would never hand over my ID. <laughs> I mean, oh my right? gosh. What did I do? I think I was like, I think I did it myself. I don't, I don't remember all the details, oh but God, it was pretty that's funny. so cute. I love the idea that you guys are like this traffic powerhouse, you know, like Mark is up in the chopper and Ginger's in the traffic center. Like, I hope KTLA realizes what gold they have there. Cause that's so cool. You guys talk to each other, communicate with each other. Like yeah. he can give you updates like, Hey, I'm just getting word about, you know, this accident that happened. And you know, yeah. that's such a great symbiotic relationship. And then we'll do silly things like the other day. I said, remember that's when so-and-so got off the freeway and then she turned right and then she hit a dead end. You know I mean? <laughs> we, we do silly things like that yeah. too. Or be like, Oh, flower so-and-so's house. Cause I want to see the new pool. But, <laughs> oh, that's but yeah, I mean, you know, like he might say something not wrong, but he might call, the five and the one ten, the uh-huh. um, what is it, what might he call it? The intersection, and I'll correct him. Interchange, oh. or I'll say, hey, you know that body. Some people are thinking that it's fake, and he'll say, no, it's real. Like you know, things that yeah. like we kind of know and the nuances that we have because we're obviously married, married and yeah. stuff. Yeah. How much of that carries over into the home li- into your home life? Like, he'll grill me. Oh, should we take this? And then he like the other day he didn't. I said, told you, you should have taken five, <laughs> not the one thirty four. He goes, well, that was an accident of the one thirty four. Don't you see it? I was like, I didn't see it, but. I would have known oh about it. You know, sometimes... I can only imagine, like, most married couples are already arguing in the car. I like, know, you don't right? tell me where to go. Stop telling me. No, I'm not going to park there, you know? Like, Chris all the time is the worst about parking spots. He constantly thinks he sees an empty parking spot, and it's never <laughs> empty. There's one, and I'm like... That isn't one. Stop it's it. It's a motorcycle park there. Yeah, like, I can see stuff. And he'll go, oh, there's one back there. And I'm like, that's not it. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's hilarious. No, it drives me crazy. And I'm oh. like, just let me drive. And he's like, okay. Like, that's his biggest thing is that he'll do that to me all the time. Yeah. Um. So I can only imagine if you're both in traffic and you're both in the car, what kind of discussions are happening? We don't really get stuck in that much traffic. <laughs> and a lot of times it's like, oh my gosh, you better go around. Go now. Go now. You know, cut over now. I see red lights. Oh, no, no. I mean, sometimes it's like that because we both cannot possibly get stuck. But he's a little bit better than I am because he, like, you know, a little slowing and I'm sitting there hyperventilating. Oh, my God. Tell me about apps like Waze. Are you ever worried that you're going to lose your job because of Waze? Waze is going to start telling everybody where to go or Google Maps or something. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I brought you here to to tell you. (laughs) I have something to tell you. That's what this is all about. I use Waze all the time. Yeah, people tell me they use Waze all the time. One thing I I know that people have told me about Waze is it does take you a little bit out of the way, but it's worth it. I have heard some people saying that it does take them into residential neighborhoods, which where I live, I wouldn't appreciate that. So I don't like it for that particular reason mm-hmm. but i've never used it i've never needed to use it yeah to be very well, honest i mean with you. you are the traffic I, yeah i don't ever so you, know. you know so i cannot say bad things about it because if i've never used it myself yeah. but i will say i know people who swear by it for me personally um i'm not worried about that because what we do it's it's they're using you know everything from crowd you know information right to yeah. Um, sensors on the freeways and stuff, but we're kind of, it's like what people say about getting the weather on their phone. You know, we're trying to bring all of the models and everything else that we see, things right. that we're hearing, listening to scanners and that kind of thing. Yeah, because you have a lot of tools in the traffic center yeah. that you're using. Yeah, like you said, the scanners, and you're also talking to Mark, who's up in the sky, who can right. see things. And it's a lot of interpretation, too, because if you want to know how much longer something's going to be in the freeway, is there a tow truck? Have they dispatched one yet? It's things that you're not going to get with ways yeah. that isn't going to tell you you know, whether or not you should take that route or not. And so that's why I'm not worried about it. You're really great about social media too, at least for Twitter. Yeah. Um, You're terrible at Facebook. You have not accepted my Facebook friend request in like seven years. Is that who it was? I know. (laughs) No, um, but you're great about Twitter because you're always on there like warning people and all that stuff. Do you find that people get mad at you if you send them in the wrong way or don't? (laughs) No, but you know, I didn't think it was a valuable tool. I didn't really want it. The reason I have a Twitter page Mm -hmm. is at KTLA. They had like this social media thing where they introduced us to it. Yeah. And so basically it was purely from that, that my Twitter page got set up. And so one time, Facebook page or no Twitter, Twitter. Twitter. some, somebody from the times came and they gave us this tutorial and 
somebody, I don't even remember who it was, basically told me how helpful it was. And it was from then on that one comment that made me realize this does matter. I can help people by using totally. this. Totally. And so that's that's why I am as as much as I can be on it mm-hmm. to help people, at least from three to ten in the morning. <laughs> I will there's honestly there's been mornings when I get up and I'm like, oh my God, there's a chopper overhead. Because we live right by a really busy interchange. Yeah, right, right. And um uh, like this morning, for example, I was like, Why are there helicopters overhead? So I log on my Twitter and I look and see that's okay, what you're updating. And yeah. um you always like have updates. So I'm like, Oh, thank God. Yeah. I, now I know what's going on. I mean, it's usually something horrible. Yeah. It was horrible. Today. It was horrible today. Like there was a really bad accident today that gender had to cover. I think too, people like for television, that's part of the visual because a story mm-hmm. isn't always sometimes like there's an accident. That's it's not that simple. Right. And then the interchange you're talking about, I mean, there's such a huge domino effect with all of these other freeways yeah, now impacted from they it. They all connect. All they all, and then in addition to that, it's all the streets now. So you got the on ramps backed up. Now, what if you have like an event happening? Right. You know, the one that went south of Barham Boulevard off ramp closed a couple of weeks ago, right? And then like maybe a couple of days after that, there was a premiere that had Hollywood Boulevard shut down in Highland. And people were like, oh my gosh, it's so bad on, you know, the 101 free, what's happening? It's because, but see, I don't know if Waze and these other things are telling you that. Yeah. But that's what we're trying to put out there is like, hey, it's backed up because. And yeah. then we show the closure on Hollywood Boulevard. We know how long it goes for. Then we show the backup on the 101. So there's a, so much more, you know, to it than people realize. And people think traffic is just traffic right you know and so like it's busy on this freeway it's It's busy on this freeway you you know know, it's not that at all we had a writer and you know who he is he um he's done entertainment Mm -hmm. he has done traffic and weather and he's a writer too he says he finds the writing the most i don't want to say fulfilling but it's it's different so he likes it Mm -hmm. he finds the most challenging traffic because it's always changing i went to the restroom i come back and there's a naked man walking on the 105 freeway (laughs) You know, I mean, it, you just, it just never ends. There's yeah. so much that comes with it. You know, you've got a bomb threat somewhere that can impact everything. So it, yeah. for at least Southern California in particular, it is a unique thing. And that's why I like it. Mm-hmm. But it is something that maybe it's not as sexy as entertainment or writing, but it well, is impactful. Sure. Yeah. You know? Well, because it's, um, it's information yeah. that people need. Uh, people don't necessarily need a lot of information about the Kardashians. You know, that's one thing I like about Sam is that he doesn't, um, uh, he doesn't, he doesn't report on the Kardashians as much. I, I don't know if he still absolutely puts doesn't like, give in to all that. Yeah, he doesn't give in to all of right. the hype, which I appreciate. But yeah, I mean, uh, traffic is stuff that's vital. It's a vital part of news and about information. Whereas, like entertainment, well, I so guarantee much. you, the accident that we're talking about on the five freeway mm-hmm. is one everyone will be talking about, it. and maybe oh, even will sure. make na- mas- will make national news yeah, because it was sure. that unusual and that big of a deal. And I mean, I have been covering traffic for over 10 years. And the only other crash that I saw that was as bad as the one on the five freeway Mm -hmm. is on the 91. It was a head on collision with a motorcyclist Mm -hmm. and they knew it was a fatality, but they couldn't find the body. Um, what happened was this morning, they're not sure exactly how it happened, but a car rolled over a single car accident where the car flipped multiple times Mm -hmm. and ejected the driver out. And he landed on one of the freeway signs. Mm -hmm. Um, and his body was just sort of, hanging there until the fire department was able to get up never seen it before yeah i mean it's shocking um the kinds of accidents that happen on the trap on the freeways and and in traffic out here um how does that affect you in your daily life are you able to sort of um turn off no i think a lot of people in news think they can separate the stories that they're reporting on um, but I'm just wondering like in traffic, cause you see a lot of fatality accidents. I, I actually have a hard time because to me, I'm thinking about the family yeah. that's going to get that news that might see it, you know, or might recognize the car. We used to have a woman who called us all the time when I was working radio and she would want to know when she'd hear about a crash. And finally it was so irritating that I found out that it was because she was blind and she would listen to the traffic reports to see, to listen to her son's commute because he would commute from Torrance up to Ventura. It's oh. like, that's the kind of stuff that really hits so home. She was, she was always worried about him. And we were on one, not that long, well, it was a long time ago now, and I think it was on the 101 West through Studio City, and it was a motorcycle crash, and it was a stunt woman who was very young. I think she was like 25 years old, and we had the shot of the family members arriving on the scene, getting to and realizing it was her, and then breaking down and crying, and I can oh. still picture the faces of these people, but this is not the stuff that you see live. This is what I'm seeing from you know my husband in the helicopter, right. and I'm seeing it, I'm watching it, and it's so devastating because the story is unfolding for you without you being the viewer, but for you as like you're saying the reporter right. being there 
And I, it, it is very hard to separate because we drive every day. We know people mm-hmm. who drive, people we love drive. And We're you drive all a part on the of that. Same roads, exactly. That you've just seen At the same time, on. you know. I mean, sometimes it's in bad weather. So, what happens? We see motorcyclists, you know, getting cut off and big rigs, and we we are all a so part of that. Nervous. Versus when you're going to a story and someone was, you know, maybe held up in a burglary. That's a little bit more isolated and random yeah. than it is if you're you're on the freeways. You're going to pass that freeway where that man was ejected probably, you know, a hundred times uh, in the next, you yeah. know, month. Yeah. So... Are you a nervous driver because of it? Do you think you're a nervous driver? I actually was in two accidents in the last month and Ooh. that has made me a nervous driver. They were both not my fault, actually. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> one, was the, one was a valet. But oh. <laughs> um, that has made me nervous. But yeah. I think what makes me really nervous is knowing loved ones are going to be driving like with El Nino rain. That scares me to it's death. Coming, isn't it? It scares me to death to think about all the people and like I'm the one on the street screaming at people to slow down because I'm I actually genuinely am worried for people. Like knowing that you're gonna if I knew you were gonna have to drive to like Oceanside and it's pouring that day, I would be so I would be saying a prayer for you because it yeah. scares me to death. It does. Um, why do you think that is? Do you think it's because people here in LA drive so fast or they just don't know how to drive? in rain or because I've always been of the opinion and it could be wrong that because LA in particular is such a, um, for lack of a better word, like a melting pot of Mm -hmm. different cultures and different people who are coming, um, from different countries who maybe we're not all trained to drive the same way. We don't all agree to use our turn signal and stop at stop signs. Um, everybody's just out for themselves it everybody feels like their destination is more important than your destination that's why there's you know so much speeding and whatever i i think that's partly true but i do think that it's also because like what you said it's their they can't drive in the rain but they think they can or we have a lot of transplants in la obviously right Mm -hmm. and so you know like you and chris are from somewhere else and you guys are probably used to driving in the rain somewhere else but you're not um dealing with the person who can't right you know in the next lane to you and that's why we have so many accidents and we have so many more freeways and so many more people on the car on the freeways they can't help it you know there's just so many people on the freeways out here like i went to tulsa recently and the sweet lady at the thrifty car check-in was giving me my car and she said so, you know, give yourself extra time to get around in Tulsa because, you know, it's a busy weekend. There's a horse show in town. <laughs> and I was literally like, oh, my gosh, yeah, why did I, I pick go, this weekend? Okay. And, I, and I'm sure I sounded like an ass, but I was like, yeah, I'm from Los Angeles. Like, trust me, Tulsa traffic has nothing yeah. on the 405 That's freeway funny. at 5 o'clock. Like, I'm, I'll be good. It takes literally 15 minutes to get from one end of Tulsa to the next. Oh, that's 15 minutes. Yeah. Um, And they have so many freeways that are big and wide open and, you know. Can I tell you, I do know people who, when they know it's going to rain, they call out sick. And I really don't blame them. Oh, here in LA because it gets there because so it's nervous. that bad, or because they yeah. have to drive so far as yeah. it is, they get stuck in traffic, so they don't want. To sh- it's just people think they can still go 90 miles an yeah, hour, they do. and they just can't. Um, has your perspective changed at all when it comes to um, your job and like the content of your job since becoming a mom, or do you think it's you know just getting older, the perspective on life. Who's getting like, older? Uh, no, one, no one's getting older. <laughs> You're just saying hypothetically, right? Hypothetically, if you were getting older. <laughs> I, maybe like when I see like accidents like today, especially if it's a fatality right away. I mean, mm-hmm. there are times when I've seen the person go from being alive to dying. And um, that may have changed it a little bit because like I said, there, there's some connection f- for this person, you know, whether they have, sure. you know, whether it's a neighbor who loves them or, you know, there's, there's somebody who cares for this person. Mm-hmm. And we all know what that's like to have somebody in our lives. Yeah. But I mean, generally speaking, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still there to do my job and hopefully help people. And, you know, then I hope to get home safe, but I will hug my kids a little bit closer today sure. and Mark as well because of that accident where um, the person was launched into a freeway sign. Yeah. So yeah, I, that that's the part that changes for me. It, it's a yeah. reality check. One of my fears too is that I will be watching the news or watching one of those reports and see someone I know. Absolutely. Or see Absolutely. a car that I know. Like that's a really sobering thought to think about. And just in news in general, like every, um, I work part-time for a news station here in LA and I write stories about, you know, terrible things that are happening with like kids and murders terrible. and fires and stuff like that. And it's hard not to bring it home with mm-hmm. you somewhat, mm-hmm. but you know, at, to a certain extent, you do have to detach because otherwise we're just walking around like sad all the time and like, you know, afraid to 
go out and be mm. a part of the world. And I, that's what I struggle with. Is but, like, but knowledge is power in the, the way that you can protect yourselves. You sure. can know. I mean, like, we know that this El Nino rain is coming. You know, we know that uh, you got to be careful when you're driving the road. I mean, those are the things that I really firmly believe yeah. will really make a difference and help us to like prepare. You know, we're, we're sending our kids to school. It's like uh, when my son started his school and some of the parents were concerned that it was like an open campus. And I was like, if you guys are concerned about the security now, you're too late. Yeah. Because that's not the concern, you know, when your kid's already registered and going to go here in two weeks. That's the concern when you do a visitation. You know, it's that right. same concept right. of like, if you know certain things, then you can be prepared for it. And if you're not comfortable, then keep your kid out of school for another year. I mean, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's what I said. I said, so you, you're you can do late. whatever you're comfortable with. Yeah. But um, that's our knowledge of what's really happening in the world that's going to help us. It is a different pr- news. People in news, everyone thinks the news media is out to get them and that we're all like, you know, <laughs> conspiracy, what crazy left wing, you know, right. only showing one side of the story, which is absolutely asinine to me whenever people think that. Um, but uh, it is a totally different perspective, a totally different beast um, in the world of, of journalism, especially with, you know television news and and on radio news and stuff like that um mm. real quick tell me um where do you see your kids going to school one day like what's their future <laughs> yeah I'm where, in- what do you what dreams do you have for them what let me rephrase that um do you want them to grow up and be in television and radio or are you sort of um Hoping like or hoping, a dancer in Vegas, or like. a dancer in Vegas. Ooh, I've I've met Devin. She looks like she could be a little. She's bit a little older. crazy. Yes, yeah. you know it's funny because like people. I'm the only nut job who goes around with parents saying, what high school are they going to go to? And people look at me like, why are you concerned about that now? Because I'm so concerned with like their education. I my hope it's important. My hope is that um, they will all be scientists. Oh. That they will not do anything related to this and they will field. All go to JPL that they will work. be super yeah. smart and because you know this this business is evolving. We know that, yeah. you know, and it's, it may not exist. In it may years. not exist. And yeah. if it does, it will be at a completely different level that we cannot help them in. Yeah. But, um, the, the things that will be there forever. Yeah. You know, science and hoping to that they can do something better for, you know, the world, I guess my, my mom was a math teacher and my dad had his own business and then he was an engineer. And I think that oh, my, wow. forever, my mom thought one of us was going to be a, a teacher. She was a math teacher. It's not going to happen. No, <laughs> it was no. not going to happen. Yeah. You know, but I, that's what I hope for them. And we're kind of, trying to gear them in that direction so and what do you see yourself doing you want to stay in tv news for a while or do you are you just sort of writing it out as long as you can or do you sort of want to one day like you mentioned earlier like writing something is that yeah. sort of past uh you sort of move past that or would you like to do some more of that or what do you want to do that's more like when i have ideas like things come to me and i'm mm-hmm. like that would be a great character or i yeah. had this wild dream and i really want to write about it but and you know have if, heather brooker star yeah it. absolutely in every single way whether it's, <laughs> all of them you know no matter what i can play black i mean <laughs> every might character, be offended. you'll be the um eddie murphy right <laughs> when you play... murphy. someone might be offended but i'll do it it's okay we're here to For offend you, sometimes Jennifer. all right you know but um <laughs> i wouldn't mind to some transportation capacity because i it, it what i'm doing isn't just to be on TV and on the radio. It really is yeah. like for me to help people or to try to like move people along. So that that would be an area that is of interest. Mm-hmm. Um, if I could help solve cold cases one day, Ew. but that's something I could do on the side. You know, like yeah. helping detectives. <laughs> solve crimes. You know, I mean, well, side. look at she was buried on the third floor of that building. You know, but 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 transportation is is, is of interest for sure. To me. Yeah, yeah. Well, then I think you're in the right field, lady. I'm just gonna go out on a limb and I'm gonna say that. I think you're in the right business. I hope so. I'll need that letter back from you. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you so much for coming and um, talking with me. I wish that I could still see you every day. I know. Will you come? Will you turn on the TV and watch? Well, I, I wasn't. I was terrified. Everyone must know that I was terrified of doing this, but I knew I had right. to because you are a dear friend, and this is very important to you. So it's important Aww, to me. Thank you. Well, you don't need to be scared. Listen, it's just mm-hmm. it's basically like our chats over lunch, only maybe a little less profanity. Little, yeah, a little, little bit less and, and a not, little less gossipy. We're not talking about people. Well, <laughs> we'll drop names, but not everybody. Totally drop names in a little bit. Um, but yeah, no, you know I adore you, and I'm so glad that thank you came you. on. And thank I you. do um, get up early every now and then. I watch you on the TV. But I can't do mornings anymore. I'm old. I don't blame you. I think I'm older than you. I don't I blame you. If I wake up past six on a Saturday or a Sunday, it's like, oh my gosh, what happened? Did the world stop? <laughs> I know, know right? Um, where can people find you on the Twitter if they want to keep up with you and your tweets? K- KTLA Ginger Chan. KTLA, KTLA Ginger, Ginger Chan. Chan. All yeah. one word. Everybody mm-hmm. go there. 
And um, does KTLA have a, a Facebook page? Just they do. They have a morning show Facebook The morning page. show Facebook. Okay. Yeah, everybody. but nothing obscene because we've already seen some of that on the yeah. Facebook page. Yeah. So, yeah. So everybody goes. Mildly obscene is okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll put links to all of that on the Motherhood in Hollywood page. And um, you guys send Jan- Jan- Jander. Hello. Send Jander. Now you sound like Mark Krisky. <laughs> I was like combining your Chan and Jander. Oh, Mark Krisky. Um, everybody send Ginger lots of uh, good vibes and well wishes as her little twins enter into their toddlerhood and beyond and uh, as she juggles three children mm-hmm. under five. In L.A. In L.A. <laughs> Thank you. Yay. All right. Um, thanks so much for listening to the show, everybody. You can find Motherhood in Hollywood at MIH Podcast on Twitter and Motherhood in Hollywood on Facebook and Instagram. And thank you for listening. We'll see you guys back here next week. Mama funny. Balls. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. Vons is your entertainment end zone. Look for the game on player tags when you shop. Buy three and enter to win great prizes, like a 65-inch big screen LED TV. Catch the Ram spirit with a game on sweepstakes at Vons. Use your club card to get Progresso Soups, 18.5 to 19-ounce selected varieties, 99 cents each when you buy six. And Honey Nut Cheerios, 12.25 ounces, 157 each when you buy two. No purchase necessary. Open to residents of Southern California counties listed in rules 18 years and older. Ends January 3rd, 2017. Enter code by January 10th, 2017. Rules at GameOnSoCal.com.